Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy. I believe that we are all so much more powerful than we can possibly understand. My goal with these conversations is to introduce you to brave, vulnerable people who are finding and owning their awesome. My guests are leaning into what makes them unique and sharing that uniqueness with the world. I hope these conversations inspire you to break free from whatever is holding you back and to step into your own greatness. Hey, magical humans, I've got a great episode for you today. But first, I wanted to tell you about something I've been working on in the background. It's called the Up Level with Ease Sisterhood, and it's a group coaching experience that I'm going to do with an intimate group of women. That means I'm limiting the number of people that are going to be in the group because I want to foster a real sense of sisterhood where we will support each other to help each other grow and sparkle. We'll dive into feminine energy of ease and flow, and we will up-level our lives in every way, personally, in relationships, in our businesses, in our sport, wherever you want it. If you feel called to join this experience or are curious and want to learn more, message me ASAP. I'll tell you all the details and reserve your spot. Now, enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My guest today is the super special, magical Danielle Hendrickson, who is a certified life coach and lover of all things women, and is currently wearing a sweater with a unicorn and Santa on it. Let's welcome this wonderful being. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me on, Kelsey. Thank you for being on, and thank you for dressing appropriately. Yes, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so Danielle I love I love that you're a lover of all things women and I have well I just want to hear you talk about that like what does that mean what that means is I have this certain passion for women and specifically women finding their power and I have a background in being a doula and, and in those moments of being with a woman when she says, I can't do this anymore. When she is in birth, she's knee deep. And I can look into her eyes and say, you can, like you were designed for this moment. Um, that is the power of a woman that I want all women to see. She doesn't have to have a baby to understand that power. Um, so that, that's my love, my passion, to see it in her and have her see it too. What inspired that in you? What inspired it in me? It's probably becoming a, a woman. Um, grew up very um, entitled and spoiled. And as I I married my high school sweetheart, we went in the army and I was left at one moment on an island in the middle of the ocean with two babies under two. And I didn't, I was just completely like, 
I didn't, I, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I thought maybe I should just go home and, you know, have, be with my family because my husband had deployed to Iraq. So here I am with two under two. I didn't really know anybody on the island. And I had to find that power in myself. How old were that, you at the time? I would have been like 23. Holy crap. So you're still a baby too. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. And I'm just, I remember being like, holy shit, this is, this is, this is hard. And um, I didn't have family. I didn't, luckily I ended up making like the best of friends in Hawaii. And a lot of them were going through the same thing I was, but um, that, I think that's where it, 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 it really started was when I had to find that power. Mm-hmm. I, and it, this, might, this might sound like a weird series of questions that I'm asking, but I'm coming from a place of, how do I say this? I didn't always love women mm. or being a woman. I wanted to be one of the guys. Mm. I didn't want to be around cattiness or drama. I have completely changed all of that and seen, I now surround myself with these amazing women. You are one of them. And I see the power and the grace and the, um, well, divine femininity. Yes. That is within each one of us. And I am in awe of it on a daily basis. Yes. I too had that, that, um, women couldn't be trusted. Women were out for each other. And um, I actually studied um, Dr. Ann Davin. She talks a lot about the, the, the wounded feminine. And that opened my eyes to understand where it's all coming from. The, the depths of why women are attacking women. It keeps us suppressed. It keeps us hidden from our power. Um, but to truly awaken and love women well changes everything. So let's, let's dig into that wounded feminine yeah. more. How would you describe it? She is, um, in Dr. Ann Dalvin's work, she talks about the handless maiden. So very much a victim um, what was me? Life is happening to me. Um, and then, and really kind of that princess uh, archetype. When you move into the, the heroine, she's empowered. Life is happening for her, with her. And that, there's a shift there that has to happen. And, and thankfully, like I said, I came from that very much princess archetype um and a lot of the codependency um people pleasing i mean that was my that was my story that was my jam for a long time just like i will give myself up for another um that wasn't operating out of love (laughs) and so when i stepped into that that heroine mindset that was that was it's from a place of deep love in myself and healing so much of the past. Yes. I love that. So people pleasing doesn't come from a place of love. That's right. 
I can feel so many people like scowling as they're listening to this right now. People pleasing doesn't come from a place of love. It comes from a place of fear and lack and being unloved, unworthy, all of the the shadows of our ego. Yes. That's where that comes from. And it's such a shift though. And and I can honestly say this is like maybe four years ago, I was Mm -hmm. still in that mindset. Um, And as I've moved and done healing and studied the heroine's journey, there's so much has changed in my relationship with my husband. I'm a better friend. I'm a better mother. I'm able to be in um, women's circles and, and really just love them well. Um, I know I had shared with you, even when I was doula-ing, I could see when a lot of that people-pleasing was coming up. And that wasn't the space that you wanted that to come up. No, (laughs) Right? So, um, because that's how you completely, like, you burn it all down real quick. And I do. I will burn it down and I will escape because it's not coming from the right place. Um, Yeah. So what is the right place? True love of self. Um, my life coach, Christina Pataz, she worked me in the idea of the truth, the essence of I am a child of God. I, I don't need to do anything to earn it. I can't lose it. It just is. And I know that sounds so simple, but it changes everything immensely when you're just like, all right, I'm good. No matter what, no matter, no matter, no matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, and, and I just want to say, I've said this to you before, but Danielle, you are so in your goddess energy more than anyone I've ever met ever. You, and I don't know any other way to describe it, but you are a goddess. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So we've talked about the, the wounded feminine. Yeah. What does the not wounded feminine look like? She is aware of her shadows. So she can accept the handless mated, the wounded feminine parts of herself and love them well. She doesn't reject them or wish them away. It's just like, hey, you're here too. We're on this together. It's accepting every aspect of self. Um she's empowered. She loves herself. That's how she can love others. Yeah. That, and that difference, like she loves herself and so she can love others is different than she's just trying to please others. She doesn't love herself and she's trying to love others. The love is different. That's right. Yes. It's an unconditional love. Because see, the other ones are conditional. Yes. That is like the real love. That It changes everything when you find that truth of self. Yeah. Yes. 
Okay. <laughs> Long pauses. I just like bask in your brilliant words. Um, how did you find yourself? You find your way to the study of women or the study of the feminine or whatever you want to call it. How'd you get here? I can honestly say I surrounded myself with really powerful women. Um, I became friends and um, had Dr. Christiane Northrup as my mentor. And she changed everything. I had followed her and loved her and just wanted to be her when I grew up. And then magically became um, a part of her life. And she is mine. And it, it, her and the women that were surrounded by her, they, they taught me what a healthy woman looks like. A woman with really healthy boundaries. And that it's okay to say, I'm amazing. Because that was something that was weird for me. Humbly, humbly bragging. That was like, wait, what? There's such a thing? I always thought you don't talk about yourself. You don't talk about your, that you're good at something. If someone gives you a compliment, you say, no, no. This whole thing, like, <laughs> you know, like, No. So she taught me how to be a healthy woman. Mm. What a gift. That, she, yeah. that woman has just given so much to women everywhere. Yes, yes. She's, she's a gift. She's a real goddess. She is, just like <laughs> you. <laughs> okay, so you... I want to back up though. You're, you're on Hawaii alone with two kids under two, your husband's in Iraq. You are surrounded by women and powerful women in similar situations. Right. And somewhere along the way you met Christian Northrup, but I feel like you're, you're missing some of the story or you're passing over something. Was it just that magical? Were you on Hawaii? And then you met Dr. Northrop or what else happened to bring you to this place of being a life coach? So I was in Hawaii. We had just all of the things of a husband who's in a war zone and a lot of pain um, and a lot of loss. And um, then we moved to Kentucky and more deployments. Um, we lived there for four years and Derek went to Afghanistan twice. So the same stuff was happening. So I was still a mother essentially by myself with a husband in a war zone. So something happened where I just I was sitting there and I was just thinking about my life and I just was like, God, what am I meant to do? And I know this sounds so bizarre, but like it was like a lightning bolt struck out of the sky and said, be a doula. And that's when I started to study the woman um, in her most vulnerable state of pregnancy and birth. That really ignited so much within me. So I would say that's where it started. And then it went on to, okay, I'm a doula. Um, I wanted to become a certified wellness coach. And that's when I you know, worked with Dr. Christian Northrup. And, and then more of the women came into my life 
more of a study of women. And yeah, that's really how it all kind of led. And then when I, we moved to Oklahoma, um, the, st- the study of myself came in. I read, I have read so many books <laughs> in this, in this state. I have done, um, I've had life coaches and spiritual direction and just a, like a, a real sense of, of healing myself. And now, um, my best friend Kay and I, um, she's an Episcopalian priest and we've started a women's ministry for, um, Episcopalian women online. And it's like, it keeps evolving. It, It has, there's such a road that has led me here to this moment. So that's where I am now. All right. Let's talk about that women's ministry of yours. Yeah. When did you, when did you start it? Well, the idea started about two years ago. And I remember saying to Kay, we need to do something together. There's something. There's a couple of um, women's ministries for different denominations or non-denominational. And I wanted something that was Episcopalian, that more like middle way. And there wasn't that I know of anything. And I heard that, said that when there's something that you need, you make it. If it's not there. So this idea has been hanging out in in my world for years, two years now. And I, I don't know how to explain what happened, but I was on a call with the most amazing women in my life right now. And something inside of me, when I got off the call with my girl gang, um, they, they, they took me higher. And it was just like this, this feeling of, do it, Danielle. Like there's, you've got to up level. It's, it's really easy to say, say, stay small. Of course it's comfortable there. It's really vulnerable to excel and go up higher. And, but I have this, these women that are like supporting me and holding me and taking me there. So, um, Kay and I, we talked a little and in the Episcopal church, there is a, a movement happening right now called the way of love. And there's different principles of the way of love as a rule of life. So we decided to make a, her way of love. So it's a feminine, that divine feminine approach to this rule of life. What does that mean? What does that look like? So, the rule of life in general is a rule I say very loosely because we usually think of like a rule as being very like you have to do it. But like this is a very gentle approach. Um, it's more of a daily rhythm or, a, 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 you know, a discipline of your life. And the different rules are the first one is turn. So turn towards God. Um, the second one is learn. So however, whatever that may look like, studies, just learning in general, um, pray, worship, bless, go, and rest. Um, and basically just designing your, your life um, in that, that unconditional, unselfish, redemptive love. 
And um, will you please share with the audience in the, what has it been, six weeks? How long has this way of love been around? Yeah, six weeks, yeah. All right, and what has happened in that time? <laughs> well, somehow, some way. Um, okay, so the, for those who are listening, the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church is Michael Curry. And most people remember him as that bishop at the royal wedding last spring, the one who spoke on the power of love. And it was intense, and everyone was awestruck by him. So his staff got word of what Kay and I were doing on Instagram, and they reached out to us to partner during Advent to lead the evening devotional and prayer on social media. So somehow between when I began, we began this six weeks ago and now, yeah, we're, we're being featured on the Episcopal church (laughs) and we've, you know, we're almost up like to 600 followers. It's like, it's blossoming and booming. And it's because I said, yes. Yes. (laughs) That idea was hanging out for so long up there waiting for me and you actually called this out on me like Danielle do you see what's happening that's yes you stepped into alignment you stepped into what has been calling to you you said yes to that Mm -hmm. idea and then everything that had been waiting for you is just presenting itself to you that's right it's, it's like, it's bizarre and magical. It's, it's, I am completely speechless of what has happened. But then like, there's just such as this like giddy, like, of course, like this is what I've been called to bring forward in the world. And yeah. now look. <laughs> and so you as a young mother, on Hawaii. Yeah. If you were to go back and tell that version of you that this was going to happen beyond the fact that she would have been like, Instagram, what, (laughs) um, (laughs) what would she have said? Uh, I don't know if she would ever have received that, that, Mm. that I would be stepping into some kind of big, powerful greatness. Um, that mother on the island was extremely um, just uncomfortable in herself, and I wouldn't have ever been able to think that I could do something like like this that Kay and I are doing now. So, what would you tell her? Stay, stay the course. You are loved, you are loving, you're a child of God. It's all going to be okay. You don't have to prove yourself. You don't have to burn everything down. (laughs) That's really what I would have said to her. And she was wonderful just the way she was and is. And she blossomed. She did. She did. It's, it's pretty cool to see. 
I am so not that girl I was on the island. And I'm so thankful for where I am now. The work was definitely worth it. It got ugly. It was not easy. There was times when I was so far from where I was meant to be, but it all makes sense now, looking back. How so? I look and I think I had to be that handless maiden so that I could be where I am now. I had to take that, that shift. I had to understand and love that woman to become everything I am now and becoming now. Yeah, I, it is, it's just so inspiring to watch you. To watch it, to come in at this super late stage of your journey, to but to be able to see you shining your light brighter and brighter and brighter by the week, I love it. Right, and I think another part of this this whole thing was that I had to come to loving my vessel, my body as she is. Um. There was a time when there's, but there's, I mean, it still comes up obviously, but I've, I've been on a weight loss journey pretty much since I was like 13 up and down, up and down. And I, when we lived in Kentucky, I dropped, I lost a hundred pounds. Wow. Yeah. But I still didn't feel good enough. I was so little and I still felt I'm not thin enough. I'm not good enough still. It didn't fix anything. And guess what? It all came back on. Because it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't really heal whatever was going on. Now I'm in this space of love of self. Now the body's just got to catch up. <laughs> How, so yeah, talk a little bit more about that. How have you come to actually love the vessel? When I realized that I am a soul in this body, it's so, it's made of love. It's made of the same things as stars. It's magical. It's a living, breathing animal. And I, it was to treat her with that same kindness that we treat animals, my dogs, like, it's the same thing. This is just the vessel that is taking my soul on this human experience. Mm. I doesn't have to look perfect. I just have to really love it well. And I'm going to slip up because that happens. But that changes everything. When you just truly accept the body you're in, that, whoa. If there's one thing I could say to women everywhere, that would be it. Just love her well. And it changes things. I remember hearing Wayne Dyer say once that, but how cool it is that we get to try on all these different bodies. We get the infant body. We get the toddler body. We get the five-year-old body. Like all these different bodies. We get the awkward adolescent body. We get the 20-year-old body, we get the mother body, we get the postpartum body. 
we get the middle-aged body, we get the like 90-year-old body if we're lucky, yeah. and then the body leaves us. That's right. It's such and a different perspective than thinking about our body constantly changing. Right. To instead think it's a different, a different bodies we get to wear. That's right. And it's literally your best friend. All yeah. it does all day long is breathe for you. Mm-hmm. And beat for you. <laughs> and beat. That's just, it's so, it loves you so much. That's what it does. Mm-hmm. That takes things to a different perspective. And how impressive is that? Like, like if I was in charge of keeping my heart beating, I don't think I could do it. I know. I don't know how to do that. Right. I know if I was in charge of breathing, I'd totally forget. Yes, absolutely. And our body just does it for us. Mm -hmm. It loves us that much. So when I'm so mad that I've gained a few pounds or whatever, it's just like, just bring it back. It's it's going to change. It's going to grow. It's going to get wrinkly or whatever. And it's, it still loves you. Yeah. <sighs> still beats for you. It still supports us no matter what. That's right. It That's allows right. us to be a soul here. Exactly. All right, I want to back up to something you said earlier on about being, um, being a single mom with two kids while your husband's in a war zone. Yeah. How do you do it? How did you do it? I have no idea. Looking back on it, it was, it's the hardest thing. I mean, there was so many weeks would go by and I wouldn't hear from Derek. Um, All of a sudden we would get a call that there was a casualty and I mean, it was just a complete, like we're all the wives would just be like waiting for it. Like, is it going to be us? Is there, are they going to be knocking at our door? Like it, and um, it was that was the hardest part of it all. Like just trying to keep it all together. And I had the army does a great thing of um, keeping families together, wives together. You may not all be the same and see things from a different perspective, but there's like a sense of family. Um, especially when you're in places like Hawaii or, you know, in Germany, um, you become family. So we got just, in, I became incredibly close with women. They may not have been moms. I was maybe the only one with two small children, but they just took such good care of um, us and each other. And just, yeah, that's what got me through. I met um, local locals in Hawaii and that kind of took me outside of the army life and which was great because they could show me the island in a totally different way and teach me um, the culture. And I met one of my very best friends there who's a local there and she's taught me so much. So that's it. Yeah. It sounds like community is really important to you. It is. It has to be. In the army life, we move so much. I mean, you need that. And here in in Kentucky, we had just the best of friends. Here we've had the best of friends. Like everywhere we go, 
that's what happens. We become family. How much of that is part of the divine feminine? (sighs) So much of that. The power of of women. It it shows, in in all of this experience of your significant other away at war. The divine feminine it comes in. It's fierce. It's unstoppable. My whole tree just fell down. Oh no! <laughs> and the tree just fell down. Um, feminine. It's fierce and powerful. It's fierce. I mean, there you go. It takes pushes over a Christmas tree. That is awesome. I mean, I'm sorry. It's horrible. No, yeah, it's, it's fabulous. It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of perfect. So, yeah, I mean, it is. It's just like the <laughs> divine feminine. Like, seriously, fierce, unstoppable. We can take it. We can do it. I mean, also, it comes back to that same moment in birth when a woman is just like, I can't do it. And when, you, when they feel like their body is taking them over, it's not taking you over. It is you. You yeah. are the one creating this. Your entire essence is making this happen. It can't overtake you. It is you. I just have to say that again. It can't overtake you. It is you. That's right. That moment, Danielle, when we say I can't, Mm -hmm. whether it's in birth or in launching a business or whatever, jumping over a puddle, do we need somebody else there to say, yes, you can? Do we need that mirror? I believe in a woman so much. I know she can, but I also know throughout history and all of time, women need women. Yeah. That they, they need women to thrive, to be loved, to hold, to hold them through whatever. That's how it was always, it was always that way. We're designed for community. Yeah, and I feel like that's it's a really interesting topic right now as <clears throat> as we're getting more disconnected yeah. from other humans because we can do so much online and, and yet we're getting more connected too because you and I are like hugely connected and yet we have not yet met in person. Right. So we yeah. have like these like, true loving friendships and true loving community without physical contact. That's right. It's like this whole new level of community. Yes. We will find it. Women will find it. We will create it. That's right. Always, always, always. No matter what the situation, women will find it. What's the divine venom? divine feminine capable of this entire world is a result of what the divine feminine is capable of the creation the entire beating of this whole earth that's the divine feminine it makes me think of i don't know if you've ever seen moana yes i i i am moana she's my spirit (laughs) (laughs) cartoon 
that makes me think of the divine feminine. Um, I can't remember what the, is it Fahiti or where they take her heart? Yeah, I don't remember the names. But. So that, that to me, that's the, she is what makes it green and the flowers. And when they take that from her, she becomes that fire, that, that wounded feminine. Mm-hmm. The handless maiden. She literally in that movie gets her hand sliced off. Yeah. Which is really fascinating to me when I noticed that. Like they um the masculine, he came in and sliced off her hands. Um, and he took her heart. But then Moana, aka Kelsey, <laughs> comes back in and she replaces the heart. That and re- everything restores. It's beautiful again. That's the divine feminine. I need to watch this movie again. Yeah. From this perspective. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So how about, okay. So we've talked tons about divine feminine, but for people who are like, what? (laughs) Like, Mm. like I remember for me, the term feminine, somebody asked, um, this was years ago. I remember someone posted a question on Facebook. What does the word feminine mean to you? And I was honestly like feminine products. That's what mm-hmm. comes up for me. Yep. It's feminine products. So somebody who's there right now, mm-hmm. how do you explain feminine? Uh, feminine is, it's the softness and the fierceness. It's the, it is that mothering nature and it's the soft place to land. It's the, um, the nourisher and she's the creative. Whereas the masculine is more of that absolutely gets things done very um just the masculine energy it's it's it can be intense um and it's beautiful in its own self that's the the beauty of it we need the feminine to have the masculine um but the feminine yeah i'd say is just that that softness that fierceness and let's just disclaimer out there like it doesn't matter your gender male or female We all have masculine and feminine energy in us. That's right. That's right. Sometimes there'll be a couple that's male and female, and the male will have the feminine energy. Mm-hmm. My brother, Andrew, and his wife, Hope, I would say that Andrew has the feminine energy where Hope has the more masculine energy. Um, it's, it just is. That's just the way it is. So, yeah, there's no, there's no real stereotype on that. It's just, right. Right. So, okay. So talk more about the masculine energy, please. What does wounded masculine look like? What does non-wounded masculine? <sighs> I love that. <laughs> the wounded masculine. <sighs> I would, I don't know. Maybe this is the wrong thing, but I would say that's more the narcissistic energy. Um, the power, take power. I, I'm thinking of a certain person right now when I think of a woman, w- wounded masculine energy. Yeah. 
I'm sure you're thinking the same one. And, but then, you know, the opposite side, who is the healthy masculine. He, he loves women. Well, he believes in equality. Mm-hmm. He stands for human, humans everywhere, yep. accepts people where they are. That's a healthy masculine to me. Yeah, the healthy masculine, I feel like, well, maybe this is getting too close to the examples here, but like it's the leader. <laughs> it's the one that says like, okay, come on, rise up. Let's right. do this. That's right. That's right. And gets it done mm-hmm. in a beautiful way. Yeah. Yes. That's the healthy masculine. So, <laughs> so what if we do see signs of like wounded feminine or wounded masculine in ourselves? What do we do? You accept it. I see you. Mm-hmm. I see what's coming up. A lot of the wounded feminine, I mean, that's years and years of women before us. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I mean, you know, if, like, our our DNA is so closely connected to that of our grandmothers. That's right. Yeah. So we, and we literally spend some time as an egg in our grandmother's womb. That's as right. our mother is developing. <laughs> it blows my mind. I know. But I know. It, yeah, so her stuff, I mean, that's our stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And when you see it, you just have to love it, accept it. Well, there it is again. It's coming up. My wounded feminine is when I hate my body. And those moments of like, oh my God, I need to go on a diet. Mm-hmm. That's what I've done since I was 13. So that, of course, that's going to keep coming up in my life. That's wounded feminine. Um, thinking that I have to be perfect. That's wounded feminine. And yeah. How are you teaching your kids about this? <laughs> I, I teach Carter how to be a healthy masculine energy. He, he knows not to hurt the girls that are around him in his life. Um, I've just taught him never always bring a girl up with you. Don't ever put her down or embarrass her or make fun of her. I was a made fun of little girl. And so it's very important to me to have a little boy who would never do that to a little girl. So he does. He is a very kind little boy. Um, and, he, and for the girls, I don't know, there's this quote that says something is for my daughter, I'll, I'll make her breathe fire, or help her breathe fire or something like that. That's my girls. <laughs> I am, Arabella is um, a voice for the women already. And it's absolutely awesome to see and to have her a part of this, this uprising of uh, the healthy feminine. She's definitely, she's there. What a gift. It is. 
It is. Like, and, so we, we are all in this together. It doesn't matter our age. That's right. That's right. And we just need to see it. Like she just needed to see Arabella and Arabella is 10 and Adeline is five and they're just watching. They're watching me, how I am with women. They're watching me, how I am with my body. They're watching Derek, my husband, Derek, and how he is, how he treats me, how he treats them, how he treats women. They're watching all of it. That's the change. Like to be so mindful as parents. That's, that's really what it takes. And to be mindful, and you are human. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> human all day long. <laughs> and they see that too. <laughs> they see it all. But yeah, it's a pretty, it's pretty amazing. Arabella the other day, why do we notice we had all boy nutcrackers? And she said, where are the girl nutcrackers? I'm like, well, you know, it's a really great question. So we went to Target and sure enough, there was, there was, you know, ballerina nutcrackers. And she was like, mom, look, there's girl nutcrackers. She was so freaking excited. There was girl nutcrackers. I love that she called that out. Yeah. And thank you, Target. Thank you, Target. <laughs> and then the other day she said, how come there's not female NHL or NFL players? Well, I realize a really good point. I don't know. I don't know the answer. She's like, I'm not going to watch football until there is. I'm like, okay. <laughs> she just really wants women to rise too. It's beautiful to watch. I love it. I, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I love it. We need those questions. We get so in things that we stop seeing. We stop like, yeah, we stop noticing that there are no girl nutcrackers. Right. Right. And then, yeah, because we're in it. It's what mm -hmm. it's always been. But then when you start waking up to these little things, you awaken. You don't, you don't go back to sleep. No. This, this type of stuff. Your life goes to a different level when you awaken to this. Uh, and we awaken, period. Yeah, and it's a complete return to love. That's 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 what it is. What it's does that true. mean to you? Awaken to love. Mm -hmm. It's that that we are all human. We're all operating on the same stuff. Like I said before, that our bodies are made of the same things as stars. We're all children of God. Like, and just to know that, like we're just all the same. We just look different. We act different. But it's just a complete return to love and humanity. It changes everything. You don't worry so much about your body anymore and how it looks. They have bigger shit to do. <laughs> Preach, mama. Keep going. <laughs> we just, it, it just, that return to love. 
that's where we're supposed to be. That's where we thrive. And this human, what did you call this human school? Yeah, earth school. Earth school is what, I like human school better actually. Yeah. 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 Human school. Human school. We're just really learning how to love. Mm -hmm. How to be love, how to spread love, how to lead with love. In a really healthy, unconditional way. Mm -hmm. You are such a shining example of it, my friend. Thank you. I want to, I think I want to shift gears a little bit. Okay. Actually, I want to know with all of this talk about divine feminine, about women, what is your mission? My mission is for every woman everywhere to know her worth. Mm. That if she wants to, um, I don't want to like put that on someone who's not ready to accept it. But I, when I'm around a woman and I see that she is operating from a lower level of her power, I want to call it, I want to call it on her. That, that's really my mission. And if I can do that through her way of love, that would be beautiful. She doesn't have to be an Episcopalian woman to be a part of this community. I just, I just want women or, or those who identify as women to come be loved well, find your power, find the truth of what you really are. I'm here. Kay and I are here and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to light it up in you. You already are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's really my, it's my mission to love women well. I love it. And I'm right there with you. Thank you. And now I want to switch gears completely to ask yeah. you, Danielle, what yeah. is the scariest thing you've ever done? Okay. The scariest thing I have ever done I'd have to take it back to Hawaii and that moment where I had a six month old and a, I think he's a little over two and my husband just left the Island and I knew one person. How long had you been on the Island? Um, six, no, three months. No, less than that. Like it was like two months. It was, we got there in September and I think he left at the end of October. Yeah. We were there for like a minute. And here I am. And I'm just like, how the fuck am I going to do this? Did this really just happen? That was the scariest moment for me. I am in charge of this. These two little lives. I don't know a soul here. I had to write down like your contacts for um, your children. A lady I didn't even know I had to write down. She was the FRG leader. I didn't know her at the time. FRG family readiness group leader. How to write her name down? I don't, I didn't know anyone. I was so scared. But I did it and I had to do it. Once you did that scary thing, was it just kind of like, okay, I do scary things. This is the way things are. 
Mm. Like it was like kind of like you got your cape. I'm like, okay. It's like I put it on a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, it's here a little bit. And then the next deployment, it's a little bit more on. The next deployment, a little more on. Like in these deployments, he was gone for an entire year. Like we were different when he came back. The kids yeah. had grown up. Like we were in a totally different rhythm. Like, um, so yeah, I would say every time it was like the cape came on a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Every experience, I got a little bit more brave, a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more real, who I really was. It's such a beautiful evolution to go from that scared young mother, Mm -hmm. put the cape on a tiny bit, to Mm -hmm. like putting it on more and more and more, to now you're leading women through this process. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And now I've got three children and my whole entire life has evolved. And I, I had to go through all those things so I can help women. Mm-hmm. If I look at it in that way, I, that everything that I have been through, it's where I can stand as a, a women's life coach. Like I'm, I, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes with all the like coach training and stuff, we'll start thinking like, oh, my training prepared me for this. And our training is really important. (laughs) And our life experience is also our training. You're right. That's what's preparing us every single day. That's exactly right. It's like your life experiences and your heart and your hands open. Mm. That's all I got. Yeah. In those moments when I was a doula, that's all I really had. Like, that—that's all I knew was I was looking at a woman in her eyes and this most vulnerable pieces of herself. I am here. I am with you, and I love you. And there it was. And then boom, there's a baby. And then boom, baby. And it was, and they would just look at me after and just be like, Danielle, I, I didn't know. I didn't know I could do it. I didn't know I had it in me. Yeah. You were made for that. And you knew that all along. Right. Right. So I had a, a, um, another, I wouldn't say this was a scary thing, but it was a really brave thing. Um, I was pregnant with my, my third daughter and I had made the decision to have a home birth in Kentucky. Derek was in Afghanistan. I had um, my really good friend Lizzie was there. She's my doula. I had another doula there and I had two amazing midwives. And my mom had come and she took my younger or my older kids and went to a hotel. And so they were away and I had... Um, Adeline at home with Derek on Skype in Afghanistan. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, it was a, it was a, it was a brave, but scary. There's all the things like that go on in your head, but I knew and I trusted it was going to be beautiful. And it was, I had, I had her as the sun was coming up. My midwife served me breakfast in bed. (laughs) 
and my other midwife kissed me goodbye when she left. Like, it was so, it was so beyond beautiful, but equally as I would say scary. What was scary about it? I would say what the scary was the voices that people were saying to me, Danielle, this is a really stupid idea. You're putting yourself in, in your baby in jeopardy. Like I had a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Actually, I decided after a while not to tell anybody I was doing it because people were projecting their fears on me. Yeah. Um, the closest hospital was 20 minutes away. Um, but I just trusted. I trusted my midwives. I trusted that it was going to be fine. I was so well taken care of. I was so deeply loved every second of that experience. What a great reminder. Yeah. That you actually are that loved every second of every day. Yes. But to have it all come together for you in that moment. And to receive it. Mm. Like, that was hard. Like yeah, receiving is hard. Yeah. Like, everybody's okay. Just go back to, everybody can go to sleep. I, I got this. Like, I'm going to just do this. They wouldn't. They don't know we're here. We're not sleeping. Let us love you. Let us be here. But receiving is really hard. I am just now becoming a receiver. Yeah. I think women have a hard time receiving. We do. And we don't even, it's, it's not necessarily even that we struggle with receiving. It's that we outright block it. Absolutely. And we wonder, where does that come from? Yeah. Because we're, we don't learn as little kids to receive. That's right. We're simply taught to deflect. Always. If I, even if I was given a gift as a child, Mm-hmm. It would be like, now I got to get you something bigger. Yes. Like, I would hate even being an adult and people give me gifts because now I feel like I have to like give you something a thousand times bigger. Yeah. It's like the, the whole gift exchange was completely warped now mm-hmm. because of that idea that I can't receive. Yeah. And someone, someone said once though that receiving really is proof of how much you love yourself. The people who are deflecting, it's actually coming from a place of I'm not worthy. I'm not loved. I can't accept this. I don't deserve this. A healthy spirit will say, thank you. You look nice today. Thank you. And not have to return the compliment. (sighs) That's another one. That is so true. That is, yeah. We are such silly creatures. Just thank you. (laughs) Simply thank you. Simply thank you. It's a practice. It is a practice. I Yes, it's a muscle. It is. I'd say I've consciously been working on it for like four or five years. Me too. And I'm still learning more and more places where it comes up mm-hmm. where I'm like, Oh, thank you. And then, okay. How can I serve you? Whoa. Yeah. Fully receive. Fully receive. 
There's another piece of that. It's like the I'm I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Just walking around like you bump into I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Everything's I'm sorry. That's another like what that really is speaking into the world is I'm not worthy. Yeah. It's saying I'm sorry for existing. I'm sorry I'm, for taking up space. Yes. I'm sorry yes. I made sound. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sorry my Christmas tree just fell over in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> Like, I love it. <laughs> and, you know, but it's just like, yeah. And to let go of, of that, that's another, another, it's the same thing as the receiving. Mm-hmm. Comes from the same place. Yeah. I try and replace, I'm sorry, with gratitude. That's what I challenge people with. Instead of saying, I'm sorry I'm late, say thank you for waiting. Yes. Yes. And then there's a whole bunch of things just don't apologize for. There's no need to apologize for. Now I can't think of anything. But pe- people will just like, or people will walk up and say, I'm sorry, before they say anything. Yeah. Why are you sorry? Speak. But then, and, and by us not saying things like I'm sorry or receiving a gift, what it does is it teaches women around us to do that. Mm-hmm. And it teaches men that that's how women act. That's right. It, it, it just takes us all up. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it brings us all down. Yeah. When a woman feels that way. Yeah. Step into our power. That's what it is. Stepping into our power. And it gives permission for the, all the women around us to do the same. Yes. When I see women stepping into their power, it lights me up. It propels me forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a conversation about that feeling like competition. But really, when I see another woman doing something I want to do, even like, oh, crap, I had that idea. I wanted to run with it. You know what? She's running with it. It means it's possible. I'm going to do that's it too. That's right. Yes. It's beautiful. It's sisterhood. It's loving each other well. Mm. There's so much to go around. No, we're not taking from each other. Oh. It's, it's, yeah. We're inspiring each other. We're lifting each other up. We're striving together. Striving together. That's that exactly. is, and there's that's competition. Striving together. Hmm. And I, I will say there's magic in a sisterhood. I've experienced that firsthand. Yeah. True sisterhood where there's no, um, like, of course, everybody has an ego. It always comes up. But, like, sisters who can come together in the most loving and vulnerable way. That magic happens there. Mm-hmm. Like, like her way of love. <laughs> like our girl gang. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So this girl gang, just to share with the listeners, this summer, I think it was this summer, um, I was like, I want a mastermind. I want a sisterhood. I want this like intimate group of women doing business together. Hmm. Okay. I guess I got to start it my own. And so I did. And it, it's like my favorite thing I did in 2018. 
Absolutely. Thank you for doing it. You're welcome. Thank you for saying yes. <laughs> it's the perfect, it just, it's perfect. It is. It is. And you did the thing where it's like you wanted it, so you created it. Yeah. Yeah. That, yes. And it's, cha- it's changing, it's changing lives. It is. Because you said yes. Because I said yes. Because we all said yes. Because we all said yes. And we're stepping into that space of true sisterhood. Again, that vulnerability. Oh, it's magic. Just like my sweater with the unicorn and Santa riding a unicorn. <laughs> it is. And I love your sweater so much. Yeah. Let's, let's wrap this up on that note. Okay. How, how can people learn more about you, Daniel? Um, if you or they, um, they listening, um, go to facebook.com slash her way of love. Or if they're on Instagram, just go to her way of love there. I will be me and my best friend Kay, um, in, on that platform. We'd love to have any, anyone who wants to be a part of it. You don't have to be Episcopalian. Um, we're just sprinkling true unconditional love all over the place. For humans everywhere. Love it. Sprinkle it like glitter. That's right. Biodegradable glitter. Yeah, biodegradable. Yeah, definitely. Because that's a part of uh, the tenant is to nurture the creation. So, yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sister. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group, Find Your Awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, kelseyabbott.com. And there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome.